We are listening to this Sunday's Gospel close to the end of the liturgical year. Advent is only three weeks away, and that means the bright lights of Christmas are just around the corner. In the meantime, the bleakness of the month of November suggests death and dying, bare trees, fallen leaves, short days, long nights. It recalls, to my mind at least, the English poet and punster Thomas Hood, who wrote at the beginning of the 19th century. Today, he's largely, though not unjustifiably, forgotten. His poem is called, No. No sun, no moon, no morn, no noon, no sky, no earthly view, no distance looking blue, no warmth, no cheerfulness, no healthful ease, no comfortable feel in any member, no shade, no shine, no butterflies, no bees, no fruits, no flowers, no leaves, no birds, no vember. Get it? Yeah, okay. It, the only reason November in, to, to exists, I'm tempted to think, is to remind us how long a Chicago winter really is. In the Catholic tradition, this is the month of the dead. It's nature and theology working together, inviting us to consider the brevity of life and the length of eternity. And this is the point of this Sunday's Gospel, after all. It is the story of a wedding with bridesmaids and no groom. His absence provides the interpretive key to the parable. But before I use that key to unlock the meaning of the story, it's important to know what the parable is and what it is not. It is not a parable of the kingdom, like the sower in the seed or the treasure hidden in the field or the pearl of great price, in which the Lord explains how the kingdom of God is present, though hidden, in the ordinary events and the tedium of everybody's daily life. Nor is it a parable of grace like the Good Samaritan or the Prodigal Son, in which Christ speaks about God's love and compassion for sinners like you and I. The parable of the wise and foolish virgins is a parable about responsibility and judgment, and that puts it in the same category as the parable of the talents, which we will hear next Sunday, or the parable of the sheep and the goats that we will hear two weeks from today on the last Sunday of the year, the Feast of Christ the King. There is something dark and menacing about these stories. They force the listener to a crisis, really a crossroad in the original meaning of that word. These stories are the equivalent of a slap across the face, or they should be. They want to wake us up and force us to make a choice between living for the kingdom of God or living for the kingdom of this world, between sleeping and waking up. This is where the absent groom comes into the story. You probably noticed that the bride isn't mentioned because in its original setting, the Jewish listeners would have understood that the bride was Israel itself. The prophets Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel all describe the covenant as a marriage between God and Israel. God is Israel's husband and Israel is the bride. And we all know that even the best of marriages have their ups and downs. The marriage between Israel and God certainly had its fair share of them. As the saying goes, marriage is a three-ring circus. 
engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering. And in this case, the one who suffers is Christ, the groom. Not everyone in Israel was ready to come to the wedding banquet of the Lamb. The forces of resistance to Christ's mission were already beginning to engineer his execution within a matter of days of his telling this parable. For those of us who listen to the gospel in November, the month of the dead, the parable speaks to the lives of Catholics and other Christians who wait for the return of the church's bridegroom at the end of time. It's not merely the living who wait with anxious hope for his coming and glory. There is a vast assembly of the dead who also long for that day, as the liturgies of all saints and all souls have told us this past week. But it is on us, the living, that the burden of God's judgment comes to rest like a thud. The dead have already received their reward. We are the ones who are next in line. Matthew is warning us that it is foolhardy in the extreme to face that encounter unprepared. There is no repentance after death. This is why it is significant that there are five wise and five foolish bridesmaids. It is an image of the mixed nature of the church herself, where the fervent and the mediocre, the good and the bad, live side by side. If we keep the liturgies of this past week in mind, we might say that the church in heaven is the church rejoicing. The church in the indeterminate state, what we would call purgatory, is the church expectant. And the church on earth, well, that's the church indifferent. The Gospels, and in fact the liturgy for the next several weeks, is both a challenge to that indifference and a warning not to be caught short when the church's bridegroom finally returns, because that is wisdom.